Wiki, wiki, wiki. That's a new one. That's a new one. Hey. Ah, back at you with the KBP. That's the Keith Battle Podcast. And it's not last. <laughs> and we're going to move fast. We talking trash. Ah, get some gas in your car so you can go very far. Ah, hey everybody, this is Keith Battle. Welcome to the Keith Battle Podcast. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening in, tuning in each week. Thank you for subscribing, liking us, commenting, you know, posting about the podcast. Thank you so much. We appreciate the love. And today, I'm really excited because I just want to answer questions I've been getting, like that are like piling up on me. That people want to know, um, I guess, my thoughts on things or my opinion about things. And and I certainly don't consider myself an expert, a subject matter expert, certainly on everything. I don't know if I'm an expert on anything, but, well, I am on a couple of things, I think. But anyway, just put out a book, I think I have some expertise on in the area of relationships and leadership. Uh, those are my two niches that I really feel most comfortable and most productive and fruitful in. And, um, of course, um, you should have heard by now, I have a book out called Side Chickology, Why Men and Women Cheat, Understanding, Avoiding, and Recovering from Infidelity. And the book has been uh, well-received. It's amazing. It's getting a lot of conversation, both in the secular and sacred space. Uh, it is compelling. It is honest. It is humorous, but it is serious. And I hope it gets into your hands. Or into your hearing. Um, hopefully, we'll have an audio version of it um, soon. Um, I got to get the time to do that, along with all the other stuff I'm doing. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. So, um, I'm, you know, we'll probably be talking about that a little bit today. But I really want to talk about a couple of things that are really popping in our culture now. And the first one is Kanye West. And his kind of church service or his circle, his spiritual circle. I got my producer and boss here, Asha, with me. So uh, have you seen that? You've seen the Kanye stuff, right? So you don't have to put the mic on. We don't. I mean, if you want people to hear, you can, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 I actually like that. I think I think I think it's always cool when people are connecting with their faith. And I think it's cool when celebrities do it because they make the faith space cool, you know, and for him to be like really, you know, spicing up some old classic, you know, gospel hits like the Fred Hammond song that he he really did a great job with. I mean, it's really, really inspirational. And just I'm wondering where they are. Of course, it pikes my curiosity. I don't know where they are. That's his backyard. Asha said that's his backyard, Kanye's backyard. I don't know how they picked the singers and the soloists or or what have you, the band. Um, I'm familiar with a couple of people, a couple of drummers from our area uh, who said they were in the in the circle, in that space, and said it was really powerful. So, you know, if that's the way he's connecting with God, I think that's really cool. Yeah, come on, you can jump on. I should share what, what you know about that. And... You know, I have I have more compliments than concerns. I know some people who do what I do for a living, you know, 
they take offense to people just kind of just off shooting and just kind of off the cuff starting up or doing church or having a church service unauthorized. Like, are you ordained? Who are you under? What's your doctrine? And and there is a space that can become very, um, you know, critical and judgmental. But I think I think anytime anybody's got the platform to express their faith, to connect with people around their faith in God, I think it's all good. It's all cool. And who knows where where it will evolve to. And if people are are genuinely coming because they want a spiritual experience and they don't know where else they can go as celebrities without being without having to take selfie pictures with people and sign autographs. I think it's kind of bad when when a star has to come to church and then be a star at church, like just be a a parishioner at church, just sit down and be able to listen and learn. Well, if you're in a service with stars, then you don't have to be a star. You can just be a worshiper or a listener and you don't have to worry about VIP seating. You just over somebody's house or whatever. I think that's pretty cool. And if it continues to evolve, maybe they'll invite what they consider more competent people and more experienced people in to maybe do the messaging part. I saw uh, DMX do a prayer. I just think it's all good. I think it's all good for people to connect with their faith and where that could where that could evolve. I don't know. I don't know what the vision is or the plan, but I think it's good. You Are you agree? giving him his black card back? Well, <laughs> that's you know that's another subject because like his his politics, you know, have become a point of controversy. You know, everybody that's entered into a relationship with members of that family have seemed to go in directions that don't seem to be positive or up. Yes, like, all the men at least. All the men, yeah, all the men. But seem why are all the women? Kylie Jenner is the youngest billionaire. Yeah, the, the women. Well, the women work their assets, and they get, they get, they they come out on top. But you know, the guys either turn out to be addicts, um, crazy. Or women, <laughs> they turn them all the way out. So anyway, um, I I don't know if I'm if I if I I don't have an opinion on that. I just want to stay in a positive Kanye space. Okay, I'm grateful that Kanye is is yeah. uh, boldly and it appears to be consistently uh, connecting with a group of people around his faith, and that's a good thing. So yeah. I won't go into the the his uh, make America great hat because some people can't can't appreciate anything good a person does if there's anything bad about them. Like they will always bring up, yeah, but you know, so, you know, blah 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 blah, yeah, and you know he used to be down with that, or you know he's the same one that said. And if people, if all of us were treated that way, we wouldn't have anything to say to anybody. It's just that when you're as famous as he is, your mistakes are so magnified uh, on the on the public, on the public in in the public eye. Mm -hmm. But all of us have done stuff that we later regret. All of us have said stuff that is controversial and believe stuff that maybe we shouldn't have. We just don't pay the penalty like celebrities do. So I tend to just celebrate what's cool about him. Anything else going on out there on the scene? Um, feel free to bring it up. Another question that somebody asked that really piqued my interest was, is a college degree necessary? And that, boy, that really's got me really thinking about 
the whole educational system, how people are taught, how people are educated. I had the privilege uh, recently of being in a retreat where the guest speaker was the co-founder of the Acton Academy, A-C-T-O-N, where they teach students using the Socratic method, which is inquiry. It's curious inquiry where they lead with questions and they don't have teachers in the classroom. They have guides and the guides are not there to answer questions. The guides are there to lead and support children on a journey of discovery. And part of their discovery is the goal is, is they discover their own hero's journey because the hero's journey, which is a it's, it's used in movies, it's used in stories all the time. It's when a person from just regular beginnings, humble beginnings, a normal person faces an overwhelming situation in life, a crisis. It's usually a monster or a giant or something. And this person galvanizes incredible strength to overcome this obstacle, to kill this monster. And then they come back to their people with what they've learned, with what they've captured. And that's the hero's journey. And it it fits the purpose space. It's like, here's what, what we find in life is, is that all of us come alive when we discover the problem we were brought here to solve mm-hmm. like what what was i made to to do what issue in this world disturbs me so that god not only showed me the problem he also showed me the solution which is a vision i believe a vision is a solution to a problem that god let me see so in 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 literature they call that the hero's journey and, this, and the Acton Academy is, and, uh, hey, it's a plug. I don't get anything for plugging their school. But their whole mission is is to help children on their journey. That's, so that's a whole different way of looking at education rather than sitting down. This is how you learn math. This is how you learn science. This is how you learn history. But they let students learn at their own pace. their different ages and grades in the school. But what I thought about was how this all fits in college because – if you're learning in an environment like that, that's fluid, that's that's that that feeds inquiry, because the lady who who was uh, one of the founders of this school and her name is Laura Sandifer, she says that the curiosity of a child peaks at age three, and mm-hmm. she says the reason why it peaks at age three is not because that's genetically when it's supposed to happen, it's because in certain environments in schools you're punished for inquiry. Mm-hmm. Like stop asking questions. I told you before. Like, you when you when you when you start becoming emotionally aware that you're getting on people's nerves, it actually impacts the way you interact because you don't want to be annoying, right? Right. And so, if your parents or your grandparents or your aunts or your teachers feel like they're just tired of you asking questions, then what they're doing is they're cutting off a learning faucet. Right. That is the way through which people explore life. Like I look at your daughter. My granddaughter all the time. She said, why you do that? Mm-hmm. Why you do that? And when really it's an opportunity for learning because she genuinely is curious about. So why would you put that hat on? Right. Well, and it could be a simple question. And what we don't want her to ever stop asking is why? Mm-hmm. Because when I was young, if you ever asked an adult why, they would just say, because I say it so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why can't I go? Why? Because I say it so. But, but and what, what all that does is just shut down inquiry because you just get tired of being just no answers, right? So back to the question about college, I think we should look at training and developing 
young people, teenagers, young adults into the workspace differently than college. Now, this is going to sound way out there, but I personally think internships are better than classrooms. Yes. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Because in a classroom, I think college has more of a social development um, component to it than an than a career development. Mm-hmm. Because what you learn in the classroom, if it can't translate into the boardroom or into a corporate space, it doesn't work. Because you don't learn anything really until you do it. Right. Like you can watch a YouTube video on how to tie a bow tie or a YouTube video on how to do Pilates or a YouTube video on how to do yoga. But until you sit on the floor and try it, and until you start the movements, or until you start trying to tie a bow tie, you're not going to learn it until you do it. Mm-hmm. So what would be more more advantageous to an 18-year-old, 17-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old to work at different companies as an intern or to sit in a classroom with a professor who's talking about how that industry works? For six years, this is how marketing works. This is how science works. This is how engineering works. This is how development works. This is how whatever technology works, right? Mm-hmm. Or you actually go and you work in a design company. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say internships work better is because in those internships, you get to discover what you like and what you don't like. Yes. Like So it's just like taking a class. So now I sign up for a class. I ain't like that class. I don't like that. So the person who changes majors four or five times is appears to be unstable that's not instability that's curiosity Mm -hmm. but a person who changes jobs a lot seems to be progressive Mm -hmm. or engaged or curious right so you get judged in one context of being like not clear you get praised in another context for exploring options Mm -hmm. so i think companies should open up more opportunities in fact a uh, little plug, if you want to reach out to us at sagacitycompany.com, you drop us a note. If you're a young person, you want to intern, I think we're going to figure out some ways to let some people kind of shadow us and just see, is this a space you want to work in? Like, do you want to work in ministry? Do you want to work in administration? Do you want to work in brand management or marketing? Do you want to work in leadership development or relationship coaching? Or Like, all I can show is what I do, but, you know, some people's interests are going to be piked or peaked at 14 years old, 19 years old, 17 years old. Wow, I want to do that. So, so okay, if you want to do that, now you go to school with, with clarity. Mm-hmm. Now maybe I do need to go to school because I need the degree or the certification to qualify to get paid to do this job. But I did the internships until I found out what I really wanted to do. And that gives me an environment to hands-on work and learn at the same time. So does a college degree matter? I can't say it doesn't matter, but I'm saying I think it's overrated because a lot most people have degrees and stuff they don't work in. That's facts. So why not intern even if until I'm 25? And then I like, bingo, I found out what I want to do. Now spend maybe, maybe you did all the, you know, general courses now go back and spend two and a half years really, really locked into that industry Mm -hmm. because it's because I already know this is where I'm going to spend, you know, the next 20, 30 years working. That's my opinion about the educational system. And I find I find that people are just as ready for the professional environment based on maturity at 18 and 19 than they are at 28, 29 when they know Mm -hmm. when they've been around it. 
Like, if they've been around it and they like, this is what I want to do, I know what I want to do, well, then going to college is just going to delay your your ascension. Mm. It's almost like, you know, there's a star basketball player that plays with Duke now, now named Zion Williams, and, and he's, what, six, seven, six, eight, 280 pounds, a machine, a monster, dominant in high school. He goes to the next level, dominates at the next level. He is definitely going to be the first player probably picked in the NBA draft. Like, like so now we're going to send him to college? Like, hello, we already know. Hello, we kind of <laughs> know. Send him into the professional workplace and let him make his bag and let him do what obviously he enjoys and he's gifted to do. So I don't think college is always necessary at all unless a person just feels like they're missing out on a social experience, especially – when they're internships. So that's my opinion. Would you agree with that? Yes. And it's also a case by case situation. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not browbeating college and saying college is terrible, but I'm saying, I think it can be overrated. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, like, like one of the questions you asked was, okay, we raise young girls to be moms and wives, but we don't raise boys necessarily to be husbands and fathers. Right. Did I ask that? Yeah. On another in another document you did it's, oh. a, it's a subject why does the church do that right? right a topic right so i so my response to that is we also raise all children with the mindset you're going to college mm-hmm. it's like like somewhere down the line that became the thing because knowledge is power and education opens doors of opportunity and you hear it everywhere but I'm saying, so now I'm made to feel like if I didn't go get that degree and I didn't pl- plow my way through college, I'll never make it. And I don't think college is for everybody. Some I think of the most successful people dropped out. Yeah. They dropped they out. They don't have a, a degree. Right. So, you know. Yeah. And they could buy the university. Yeah. So for me, college was not easy until... I really found out what I was supposed to be doing. Then it was a breeze. But my first three years out of high school, I was just in a fog. I was in class. Did you went to college? Yeah, I don't know. I did. I could Where tell did them. you go to college? I went to what they call Largo 13th grade. If you're from the DMV, there's a high school called Largo High School. And right next to it is our county community college called Prince George Community College. And there are people around here that call it Largo 13th grade. So I went to Prince George Community College, and I was studying communications because I wanted to be a comedian. That's all. I just wanted to learn how to work a stage and be a great communicator. I was just buying time because I was afraid to just pack up and go to California and sleep, you know, sleep in bus stops because I didn't have any family out there. But I thought I was funny enough to uh, make a living doing comedy. But I didn't know how. And while I was there, I met somebody who challenged me spiritually mm-hmm. and that's how i ended up at a school called washington bible college which i had never heard of but by the time i turned 21 when i walked on the campus of washington bible college i was clear about what i was supposed to do in my life i was not clear at 17 i graduated from high school at 17 i was not clear at 17 so for four years i couldn't have got a degree in four years because i was a male and i was too happy i was having too much fun but what if I had had gotten all locked into whatever? You know, most people choose sociology. I don't know why <laughs> everybody chooses sociology or whatever. 
But I would have picked something and got a degree in it and probably started working in that field, and I would have been way offline. And I think that's the scary thing, when you just get offline and you continue to be untrue to yourself. Like at some point, you gotta, you gotta, you got to stop suppressing that fight within you to resist this path that we've taken because we feel like we're in too far and have too much training and if and student loans too high to justify now starting over and just doing hair like i just want to do hair like i love to make people beautiful i don't want to do makeup i want to do hair i want to do detail cars or whatever i want to i want to do a spa i don't know and but but you got all this training in the medical field or the legal field i can i can i wonder if there's any doctors who have the guts to go through um pre-med med school a residency and really look themselves in the mirror and say i hated this from the <laughs> from the from probably the second class some but my parents really were that way. some my parents were so like excited and, and proud that i'm gonna be the first doctor in the family and everything i don't want to let these people down but man if you're letting yourself down how can you hold other people's dreams up when you're giving you're just you're suffocating your own mm. by trying to trying to be faithful to something that's not true to who you are i just don't think that's wise and i think college actually feeds that kind of behavior because mm -hmm. college is a business too it's a it's a world of business they take loans um the student loan industry is well the colleges don't take the loans they get the money from the student loan companies but the student loan is guaranteed it's the safest loan in the world you got to get it you got to pay it back you pay back on your life <laughs> on my grave you're gonna pay that money back you can't you can't bankruptcy your way out of it so anyway that's uh another hot topic just the whole education system we'd love to hear y'all's feedback hit us up shoot us an email or Connect with us. Let us know your thoughts. Go to sagacitycompany.com. That's S-A-G-A-C-I-T-Y company spelled out dot com. And you can go to our page and and just uh, let us know your thoughts on that. Um, also, I think another another issue that came up that uh, I wanted to address was what makes a good teacher or professor? So we're kind of staying in this with this academic space. What makes a good teacher or professor? And to me, I think a good teacher or professor brings out the best in their students. I think they serve the students and not their own um, ego. Like I think some some teachers and professors are so intrigued with their own intellect that they're not necessarily serving the students information in a way that they are sure that the students understand what they're teaching. Mm. Like I think, I think, I think people, I think some professors have made an idol out of brilliance. And so they're so brilliant and they're so freaking smart that they're up there talking about stuff that only five people in the room understand. And, and what happens is because they've built their platform being brilliant, they don't have to be, they don't have to connect. But mm -hmm. to me, true brilliance is making complex simple. Yes. Not mm -hmm. keeping complex complex or grappling with 
you know, high level thinking at a level that disconnects people from the content. But if you're really brilliant, you can take a very complicated subject and make me understand it at any level and illustrate it. Mm. So to me, that to me is a good teacher and professor and they inspire like they're they're they inspire um, me to want to be better, to know more. And that's that's how I view it. That's that's how I would be. Would, do you, OK. Let, in fact, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Ash. Have you over the course of your education, you were in school for from the time you were like four years old to 22, 23 years old. When you think of good teachers, where were they and what, what comes to mind? When you think of, so you've had, so you had teachers in elementary, you had teachers in junior high when you started having multiple teachers. Because in elementary, you may have stayed in one class for a lot of time. So you had at least six elementary teachers. Mm-hmm. You probably had 18 junior high teachers. You're 24. High school, four years of high school. So you got probably 30 more high school teachers. You're in college for four plus years. You, you've had 60 to 100 teachers in your life sitting in the classroom and teaching you. Who stands out to you? <laughs> Who stands out to me? As somebody you would consider a good or a great Probably teacher. Probably my Spanish teacher in high school. Her name was Senorita Tyrrell. And, and she was just very um she got to the point but mm-hmm. she did it in a fun and relatable way right so she's a high school teacher st john's college high school not a university professor with all the credentials and maybe a bigger pay scale but she out of all the teachers you've had come to mind i remember one time you talked about i think it was your third grade teacher mr, mr. Fowler. fowler yeah he was third grade yeah Here's somebody who's been in school for all those years, and one of the people that stood out was a third grade mm-hmm. teacher named Mr. Fowler. Now, why him? Um, it was his spirit. He was just mm-hmm. a he had great energy, mm-hmm. and you know, he was he met us where we were. Mm-hmm. So it never felt like we were asking a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how you said we could ask why with him. Wow. So, yeah. He fed the curiosity. Yeah, I like that. Who was his first name? Jim. Jim Fowler. Really? Mm -hmm. So, Jim Fowler. Anybody know Jim Fowler? Former DeMatha Stagg. Taught at Bellsville Academic Center. He was a third grade teacher back when Asha was in elementary back in the 60s. If you can find him, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, please let him know that he's got a student out here that says he was one of the best ever. But and you're pretty brilliant, brilliant as well, because when you teach on Sundays, you you break that stuff down. Read, read it like I wrote it. Read, read what you're saying now like I wrote it. I'm not reading <laughs> anything. Um, this is coming from the heart. All right, all right. All but right. yeah, how do you? So how do you do? Like, how do you come up with your analogies? Is it all is it is it your comedic side? Maybe. Yeah. So somebody says comedians have three eyes. I can't remember who it was. It was a comedian. And I think it may have been Steve Harvey he says we have a third eye. So you ever go to a cookout, right, or an event 
a graduation, whatever, and you're there with three people, and one of them's like a a, a comic, one of them's a clown, mm-hmm. right? End of the trip, did y'all all saw the same thing? But the comedian <laughs> has a has a whole routine about the whole thing. Yes, That's they tell stories completely different. Yeah, because what we saw was, and like. You know, you've seen it happen in moments, even working with me, where it just it was just bust loose, right? Yes. So I think it's 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 a um, it's how I was designed, mm-hmm. and and you know, there's a guy named J.P. Sears. Um, I just got hip to. He's a YouTube YouTuber, comedian, emotional healing coach, and uh, got to see him at this retreat recently, and. One of the things he said that I could really connect with, he says, I teach sincere concepts through the language of comedy. And to me, that's that's that really I could resonate with it because he says, if you're going to be successful on any platform, you have to be entertaining, inspirational and insightful, entertaining, inspirational or insightful. He said, if you're insightful, people want to hear you. If you're uh, if you have good inspiration. People want that. If you are entertaining, people want that, particularly on the YouTube platform. Entertainment, inspiration, or insight. And he says, notice I didn't say information. Mm-hmm. Because if you have information that lacks inspiration or information that's not entertaining or information that's not inspiring or insightful, I'm sorry, insightful or inspirational or entertaining, then that's a textbook. Right. Like, what's your favorite textbook? Like nobody says, oh man, I, my my favorite textbook author was was Vivian Jones. <laughs> nobody says that because textbooks are just information. Mm-hmm. But everybody has a favorite book or favorite YouTube, and it's because either one of those things is present, or if you got more than one, mm-hmm. if you're entertaining and inspiring, that's a double whammy. Yeah, or if you're inspiring and insightful, don't go. If you're three, you got all three, like. You'll have an audience all the time. And so, you know, I think I think for me, part of my teaching gift um, that God gave me was the liberty to bring all of that onto the stage. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just I just at some point, thankfully, I didn't feel like I had to leave my comedic personality at the door or my. Or my insight or my intellect at the door. I didn't just have to bring my spirit to the table to mm-hmm. be inspiring. I could bring my mind. I could bring creativity. I can bring humor. I can bring my emotions. Well, shoot, if I can bring all five of those things to the moment, then I shouldn't be. It should be. It should be an exciting time. Does it even feel like a job to you? Not when I'm fully engaged. It doesn't feel like a job. One. When I when I'm fully engaged and two, when I put love, when love is my motivator, Mm. if I love the people I'm serving and I'm serving because I serve and I love, then it doesn't feel like a job. But if I feel like it's a performance or I feel the pressure of wanting to be accepted or will they like me this week or will they think this was good or how will I look or how will I sound? Right. All of that feels like work. Right, right. But if right. I just say, man, I just want to lovingly say something that helped me this week. Mm-hmm. And I I really hope this helps you. 
That's good. Because I just want to help people. If I want to help people, it feels like if I feel like I'm passing out ice cream to kids. Mm, you that's know, good. that's that brings smiles to people's face while helping them. So, you know, today, really, y'all, you know, we could go on and on with this, but we wanted to send you something out this week to just think about and chew on. And it's, it was an opportunity for me to answer some questions. And they really, really kind of center around the academic space. And how do we learn how to do and become all that we were meant to become and do? And I think if we're true to what's in us, then we should explore that pathway. If that's college, fine. If it's trade school, fine. If it's military, fine. If it's going into an internship and working your way up through a company and just exploring life, like make the exploration fun. Don't just focus on the destination. Enjoy the journey as well. And um, I appreciate that. Also, I'm going to ask everybody who's listening, if you could do me a favor, um, in the world of writing and authorship, Amazon reviews are very important and you know I don't want to be manipulative or anything I'm just asking you if you would if you would just go and take a few minutes to write a review on my book on Amazon and just give your feedback on it it would really be helpful um, because I want people uh, in that world to take take my work seriously and sometimes it's not just book sales because we are selling books the book is selling it's reviews from people that give feedback from official people. So if all of you could go over there and just take a few minutes, go to Amazon.com, click on uh, Side Chickology, Why Men and Women Cheat, and just give your review on it. Um, that would be really helpful. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you again for this week for tuning in. Uh, hopefully you got something out of it, something to chew on, and uh, something to walk with in your life. And uh, I'm looking forward to being back right here with you next week right here on the Keep Battle Podcast.